21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. One of my uh, assets is that I'm familiar with almost every single category in the natural and organic sector. I've handled everything, vitamins, hair care, skin care, lotions, potions, non-dairy beverages, organic pasta, organic pasta sauce. I had the first big organic pasta sauce in Canada, Muir Glen. I had launched Silk. I had uh, numerous skincare, Avalon, Jason, Rachel Perry, all these different brands. Hiring me is a bit of an asset because I understand every category. I've worked in every category. Well, so with 40 plus years experience, you pioneered the, the Canadian organic and natural products industry in the 80s. So in, in your vast experience, what do you believe is the most essential element for creating a high-performing product or, let's say, brand in today's competitive organic and natural products market? Well, that's a good question. You're very correct. It's very competitive. And so what I like, first of all, I like to have a criteria. So I look for points of differentiation. I look for uniqueness. I look for competitive price points. And then there are several other things that I also look at, which is, um, you know, availability, because since COVID, there's been supply chain interruptions and uh, some things might not be available consistently. So if I see something that has a potential, let's say, to sell truckloads uh, in North America, the first question I ask is, can you supply on a regular basis? Could you do 10 trucks a month of this product? And um, if not, that might be, I might wait until they have the ability to supply correctly. So that's a very important point. The other point, which surprisingly a lot of people don't discuss, but whenever I sit down with a potential client, whether it's in the US or Canada, um, I ask them what their financial situation is. It's very important to have that discussion okay. because they could have the best organic product in the world, but they're undercapitalized or uh, they don't have enough uh, financial wherewithal to launch properly to the trade. Like, for example, um, you know, both in the United States and in Canada, the retail entry fees are very expensive. So stores, retail stores that have any sort of volume capabilities, they have their handout. They want free fill. They want buy one, get one free. They want this, they want that. 
not even to mention the big chains. In Canada, the biggest chain is Loblaws. For an organic product, let's say you had five SKUs, uh, that's $20,000 a SKU entry fee. And that doesn't give you anything, no guarantee of store count, no guarantee of anything. It's They just take the money and that's it. So to enter into the retail market, even with the best product, you have to be prepared for entry fees and have a budget and be prepared to lose money your first year. And when you say differentiation, is it a micro differentiation? What kind of differentiation in your niche, in your market? Okay, I'll explain that. I don't like, maybe you understand this expression, I don't like me too. Me too, another, you know, oat milk or another conventional product that's already well established. I want differentiation, new, unique, healthy, nutritional benefits to consumers. It may have a, a whole variety of features and benefits, weight loss, lower calories, you know, that those types of points. So it can make a difference in the marketplace and there's not 25 of those things. So. What's the analog versus antilog ratio? If a company came to me um, and asked me to consult for them, and it was a product that was already very well established in the in the marketplace, but they had a bucket full of money, and their retail price point was going to be say 15% less than the established brands. Well, I'd, I'd look at that because the economics are correct and they're, they're going to prepare to come to market with enough financial resources to get in there and get some market share. So that that's one example. If there's um, another example would be uh maybe a product that i personally feel is very unique has a great opportunity i might i might introduce them to um investors because that product might be undercapitalized they might have the i i see these every week they they come to me um i just saw one there was a gluten-free expo in vancouver on the weekend and I saw a product there, very unique, um, but will require a lot of money to educate the public about a lot of health benefits, tastes good, uh, a lot of availability because it comes from the ocean. And, um, you know, but it's not, it's something that's gonna require some financial input to educate consumers and retailers about the features and benefits of this product. They don't have that those resources right now, but they want to move in that direction. So I, I will help them uh, 
uh, try to marry a investor uh, that is interested in looking at something unique like that. By the way, any takeovers from your side? Takeovers happen all the time. Mergers happen all the time. Um, things, you know, sometimes you can't even keep up with it because you go on LinkedIn and this announcement, that announcement. Um, for me, I try to stay focused on my clients and getting results for them. I look at what's going on in mergers and takeovers, but it, it doesn't necessarily influence um, what I do for my clients in the marketplace. I like to stay focused. Okay, okay, I understand. So those criteria, uh, differentiation, competitive price, availability, financial situation. And by the way, you spoke, uh, you, you mentioned distribution as well. So, uh, and and uh, challenges. How did you go about establishing a trustworthy distribution network? When let's let's say when launching new brands into Canada. Well, I started in 1980. I was the first organic natural broker in the country. So, and I was the only broker in natural and organic for 11 years. By the time the early 90s rolled around. I had a very big market share nationally in all food products with the exception of supplements because supplements is a different game up here. A lot of rules and regulations and different things. But I did have supplements as well. Um, but here you have, in Canada, you have domestic brands who have market share. So on the food side, packaged goods, uh, rice milk, uh, I launched Silk, I launched Rice Dream, I launched big brands here, Jason Cosmetics. Uh, when I had Jason, I had 225 SKUs across Canada. So I had, I had a very big market share before even another comp competing broker entered the market. So I was a pioneer in the industry. I set the tone for a lot of things when the industry was young and quite small. One of the things that I'm known for is ethics. Um, I have very good reputation for business ethics. I still do. Um, I can't say that about other competitors in the market now. Things have changed. So, um, that's one thing that I was always dependable and reliable and honest and told the truth. So if I understood you well, you have established the Canadian first brokerage for organic and natural products. Correct. Started in 1980 and um, I started with one product. And when I sold my company, I had close to 60 brands in 2013. If you if you can help us out to understand uh, the topic, how can engaging a brokerage service be beneficial for both buyers and, and sellers of goods? Well, that's a good question. And I'm not really brokering anymore. I'm consulting because I don't have a big team. I had sales reps in every province. I had offices in Toronto and big 
offices with high overhead and uh, uh, had I had dedicated salespeople just for the each chain had a dedicated salesperson. So the um, the way that I do it now is I evaluate the brand, have an open discussion with them, ask them what their goals are. Again, back to the financial resource question, because there's there's only so much I can do if they don't have the resources to do what's needed, right? And then establish the you know the distribution model. So distribution here and in the U.S. has changed radically, let's say in the last ten years, um, and so you have a lot of um you have with some of these bigger distributors they want certain things they're they're going to want deep discounting they're going to want promotions they're going to want so many different things demos i mean you need, need a budget for this it's not a small thing even for a smaller brand just starting out so you have to and one of the one of the things that i'm uh, quite good at is to pick the distribution model for the brand. Who would be the best distributor? All things considered, the the biggest isn't always the best, right? So going to market, you have to really be savvy on how that's going to work, um, because there's a lot of high expectation. And some of these distributors are so big, let's say like UNFI in Canada, they have thousands and thousands of SKUs. So, you know, you might not get the attention with a big with a big distributor like them. They're going to expect you to put on a crew, a national crew of salespeople, because they're not going to do the sales job. They're basically a truck that are that is delivering products products to the stores based on your brand's team's effort. These are big costs to do this, put it together. I, I did this. I was the first one in Canada. I, I had the model to do this successfully. And, you know, you have to really think carefully about what your choices are and how you're going to choose What about technology? So you you have mentioned uh, technology as well. Okay, so 20 years ago, we had warehouse management systems, business intelligence systems. How has technology impacted the way consumers interact with organic and natural products? And what was the impact on the, the, the whole distribution network? When I started in 1980, there was no technology. There wasn't even a fax machine. Okay. So as the technology came, my company adapted. We brought in IT people. We brought in programs. I think from on the on the sales side, there's programs like Salesforce that uh, will allow real-time reporting 
of sales calls to be gathered in real time and then literally the same day sent to the supplier so they can see okay there's a problem this skew this price is too high it's not selling it's a good product but there's competing products and this so as you repeat that through various sales calls you see a pattern and you can correct it and fix it so things like that um have been obviously extremely helpful uh to help manage brands um i know distributors who paid who paid six and seven figures to install oracle and it was a very expensive upgrade like very expensive and it took a long time to um get that those types of technological programs really working well but once they did work they were invaluable all the bigger distributors today all have um uh big it you know they have it staff they have uh you know it's the whole uh technology portion of the business is huge if i go with a distributor that has reporting capability. Sometimes I work with a smaller distributor, like in Ontario, there's a few distributors. And um, in certain categories, they're good at what they do, but their reporting is all still gathered by hand. It's all still assembled individually. It's all, there's no, you know, there's no real IT breakthrough with them. I'm not saying they're bad. They just don't have that technology. So that does exist. You recently won the Canadian Health Food Association Hall of Fame Award. What does it mean to be recognized for your accomplishments in this field? Well, that's a good question. The um, I was given that award in 2006 when I still owned my brokerage company. Um, around 2006, I was growing quite large, you know, I had big growth. And um, that award is the highest award in the industry in Canada. And it's, it's peer related. So that means that members of our trade association here at the Canadian Health Food Association voted and we're talking uh, other brands, competing brokers, retailers, distributors. So the entire industry voted and um, I, I won the award. So, you know, that was a big accomplishment, uh, not only for me, but for my staff who obviously contributed a lot to um, uh, to that effort. Um, I also won about 40 other awards. Uh, They're called Alive Awards here in Canada for best product of the year, best product gold, best product silver. Um, I had uh, a product that isn't that big today but back in the day 
It was called Rice Dream Beverage. And it was the first sort of non-dairy beverage that wasn't soy. And it was huge. Um, we did uh, huge business in that. And that was the number one food product in Canada 10 years in a row, excluding supplements. So the number one product in all categories, everything, cereal, pasta, everything, rice dream beverage. And that really made my brokerage business into the number one broker in Canada. And what about today? So you're an experienced consultant. Well, I when I sold my business, I said, well, I have a lot of recognition. I have a lot of contacts. I'll start consulting. And the first week I had two or three clients and I wasn't even trying. I, did, I had a brand new website. I wasn't really promoting myself that much. I figured I'd have a week or two break <laughs> from selling my brokerage business. But as it turned out, um, you know, I'm in fairly big demand and um, I have a lot of contacts. I have, I know a lot of brands, you know, sales managers, VP of sales. And when I have a project, I can bring in a lot of different companies into my project. Like for example, right now, I'm dealing with a Taiwanese group that are based here in Vancouver and they buy in Canadian funds and they have themselves set up as a Canadian company. But what they have is a home shopping channel in Taiwan. So they have that show and they lean on me very heavily for things. They're looking for this, they're looking for that. They have, you know, there's a little bit of language issues there. And um, uh, so I can bring in literally dozens of other brands to that project. And, you know, it could be anywhere from one or two pallets a month to two or three truckloads a month. So, you know, I don't I don't turn down business for a couple of pallets because I know if I have 10 brands with a couple of pallets, that's a truckload. I'm going to make a good. So that's sort of the way I work. I have a lot of contacts. I have a lot of projects. I work offshore. I have. Uh, projects in New Zealand. I work in Europe a little bit. Uh, you know, I do projects in the U.S. Um, I handle quite a bit of monk fruit, which is a zero calorie sweetener. That all comes out of China because it only grows in China. And um, I have organic vitamins. Certified Organic Vitamins, one of the few suppliers in the world. I'm a busy boy. (laughs) I would say that if a client is interested in interviewing with me, I'm happy to discuss a project. I'm always receptive. Even if it's something I'm not going to take, I oftentimes give them good advice on where I and where and how I think they should go. And that might prove helpful for them. If they're interested in working with me, um, I work on either a fee or commission, whichever is highest. My fees are very fair. I don't like to overcharge and I'd much rather make commission than a fee, but 
when you're starting off with something new, you have to charge a fee because there's a lot of time spent, you know, organizing everything and sort of getting getting results. Could take six months before before you finally hit the marketplace, right? And in Canada, you also have uh, labeling issues, uh, bilingual label, metric, special nutrition panel, certifications, all these things, different rules. So basically, uh, I'm very open-minded. I'll talk to brands, uh, even though it might not be a great fit for me to work with, at least I'll give them some help and suggestions on, and even other contacts if they need, if they need that. So if they want to get a hold of me, um, it's michael at mtconsulting.ca. Uh, my website is mtconsulting.ca. Um, I have a direct line, 604-617-7789. Uh, you can text me, identify who, who you, you are, and set up a time. We can do a Zoom call, talk about your project, and um, uh, try to help out. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.